four-year schools are great. Engineering programs are great. They have they have their place too in economic development. But CTE nowadays, with the amount of automation that's in manufacturing, yeah, the strongest clients that we bring in are manufacturers. I mean, they they have the biggest economic impact to the state, not only from a um, a hiring perspective or, or, or tax revenue perspective. But they a lot of times they serve as a multiplier because other industries will come in and build up around them. them. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So CTE programs support that through your electricians, through uh, things like mechatronics, uh, machining, even say your your skilled trades like carpentry or bricklaying. Somebody's got to build those buildings. Yep. And so, you know, having a strong CTE program benefits VEDP because. You know, obviously, it allows us to make the case for Virginia much stronger. We are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE. Now I am Rashawn Garnett, and with me I have Mike Roberts. And again, we found him again, guys. We found him again. He heard the last show I did by I was, myself. He's like, dude, I was never I missing. Never, I can never I miss feel, another one. Yeah, I, f- <laughs> I feel, I feel so. I feel like I just let you down. Like, like you're so alone. I was let down. I was listening to it. You're the, correcting the, that. I was re- listening to the podcast yesterday. You sounded lonely. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I did record it on spring break, so exactly. <laughs> the office was a little empty. Just a little it's, empty. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was just me, Tracy, and Marsha with some appearances from Dan, Miss Robin, and Farica every now and then. But you know, we still got the show done. Got the show in. It was actually about the career rodeo 2022. I thought it came out really well. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it. Go back and check that episode out. But uh, new show, new topic, new day. But first, I got to remind you, check us out. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. I threw the TikTok in there. All at the handle. You've Henrico, been using it lately. I have been using it lately. All at the handle, Henrico CTE. Check out the website, HenricoCTE.com, to find more information about all the awesome programs we offer you, being the student, or, yeah, the student. That's it. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. No, maybe I'll keep no, it in for no, flavor. No, keep it in. Keep that in. Keep it in for keep flavor. Keep that in for flavor. Okay, yes. so go to HenricoCT.com. See the, all the awesome things that we have going on inside of the wonderful world of the world of workforce and career development. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. You can find the podcast on all of your major and most of your minor podcast venues. Um, go to Apple. Go to Google. Um, go to Spotify. Look us up. Like us and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We two a month every other week. We are into the what, 80s when it comes to how many uh, episodes we have over the past four years. So, okay. yep, we're yeah. up there. We're getting up there. We're getting the getting the content out there. We're getting close to. We're getting close to hitting seven thousand listeners too. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, awesome. Okay, we got so twenty four, twenty three away. Good. Trying to get out that amazing word about share it with your friends. Share it with your friends and share it with your kids. Everybody. Try to get that word out about CTE and how amazing the programs are that we offer here. Yeah, in CTE nationwide. I mean, I think a lot of what we're talking about is relevant for CTE programs. And, and that's true. Current technical education across the country. That's true. 
That's yeah. And that little blurb is going to get us so much publicity. <laughs> Hopefully, right? <laughs> Tens of thousands of millions you of think, listeners. You think people use that soundbite on their website and no. stuff? No. Okay. No. All right. <laughs> we can be hopeful, though. But today we have another guest here inside of uh, the CTE Batcave or the CTE offices or whatever Mike wants to call it on the day that we record in it. <laughs> and we have with us Mr. Brian Dale. Thank you so much for joining us here on Henrico CTE Now. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. So, Mr. Dale, just talk to us a little bit about your position. Describe uh, you're with the Virginia Economic Development Partnership. That's right. Yeah. What do you do with those folks? And, and you know, just what's an average day like for you? Oh, average day. <laughs> yeah, I know that's a that's a rough one for yeah, folks when they come I, on the program. I'll start with what I do. Um, my title is Managing Director of Customized Training Services. And so um, for those of you that may not know what the Virginia Economic Development Partnership is, we are a organization that is tasked with bringing in economic development to the Commonwealth. So either an existing business may have an expansion or a new business is looking to locate here in Virginia. And so I am part of VEDP that it's an incentive, it's a service-based incentive, and we provide customized training for new hires. So what makes that a value add for our clients is HR departments are typically set up to hire and train for attrition, you know, onesie twosies. But if you have a big expansion or you have a brand new startup of a business, you're going to bring in a lot of people. And so HR departments aren't really set up for that. There's a huge expense to hire for that. And so we do that for them to kind of take the burden off of them. And so I'm responsible for a team of instructional designers. Right now I'm at five, five people, and we create custom training. You know, we we do training that is specific to a client's equipment, processes, procedures, and standards, and allows the, the new hires to really get a immersion of information on what the job is like, what the expectations are, what the company is all about. And it allows for a much more robust training system down the line. So it's really, what do they need to know in that first 30 days or that first 60 days? And so my role is to work with a variety of manufacturing clients, lead people, you know, lead a team of people to help them develop this training. And, and um, you know, I, I get out on the road and I deliver training as well. And so... Yeah, I've been at it for about three years with VEDP, and uh, it's 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 pretty exciting. So a typical day for me is, you know, it's a whirlwind. I mean, <laughs> I'm in client meetings. I, you know, I just got back from Germany probably two weeks ago. Oh wow! Meeting with a client. Yeah, you did tell me that. And uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, we were learning what their manufacturing process was all about, so we can develop that training and communicate it to to the new hires that are going to be in their Virginia facility. Yeah, it's just whatever the day brings. I mean, you just got to roll with it and go. Yes. Is, is this a, with the state? It is. It this, is. So this is tied to the state government? It is, yeah. Okay, and so, but you have offices in Germany, Japan, and Korea, South Korea? Sure. Yeah, South Korea. Mm-hmm. So what is the what is the purpose of having, sat, I guess, satellite offices? Really just to, to provide resource or a tool for the Commonwealth to attract businesses to locate here. Set up shop, if you will. We have uh, we have so, a team of people that are deployed internationally that tells tells potential clients how great Virginia is, what the business climate's like, what the talents like. So even bringing businesses from outside, the yeah. United so that's sure. another task that that Jarl's group is doing. Yeah, is, for sure. is attracting 
foreign investment, not foreign businesses, to set up operations in Virginia. Correct. Great. Correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. This this company that I just visited, they have one facility in in uh, southern Germany, and they don't have they don't have a footprint anywhere in the U.S. And so their first venture is in in Martinsville, Virginia. Wow. Oh, in Martinsville. Yep. Okay. Is a particular reason why Martinsville was a, a choice because of the location, existing I think, buildings, or yeah, I, I think you know having a site that was already ready. I mean, they had a they had a building that would that fit the client's needs, mm-hmm. and so and just a matter of putting on a different pair of shoes at that point, right? Just hopping on in. Pretty much. Pretty okay. much. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it really it really depends on the type of industry, what their needs are from an infrastructure standpoint. You know, Martinsville fit that need. Now they look they look all over the state, they look all over the country. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's part of what VEDP has to deal with is because it's it's a competitive environment. You know, we're competing with North Carolina or right. Ohio or, or whoever. And so it just you know, you win some, you lose some, so to speak. Uh, but it's really, you know, at the end of the day, it's if you're a good fit, the clients recognize that. We try to incentivize where we can. You know, we're, we're taxpayer funded, so we, we just right. can't be throwing money around. Oh, yeah. Really yeah, yeah right, exactly. So, exactly. Uh, you know, there's some that we, we realize that it is the best that we can do from an incentive standpoint. And, and sometimes we know we're not, we're not a good fit. Would you consider y'all's department as being not well known by the the, the, the average citizen? Because y'all are kind of working behind the scenes and nobody, yeah. you know, they'll hear about the company coming. They don't yeah. hear how. Sort of the yeah. unsung hero, you know, as it were. Yeah. The governor gets in front of the cameras and says, oh, look, we, we're bringing this business into this yeah. location and rah, rah, rah. And they and, didn't, but they didn't know VE, yeah, VP y'all don't get, brokered that whole y'all thing. Y'all don't get in we'll, the fanfare. Yeah, we'll get a shout out. We'll get a, we'll get a shout out from the governor during like a groundbreaking ceremony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the typical, you know, this this sort of thing is a team effort and like to thank our partners. And VEDP is usually mentioned in that in that series of folks that are that how long has VDEP been around you said you've 60s, been there maybe oh wow yeah oh they've been around a long long time yeah yeah, yeah. so and you've been here for three years three years okay. it'll be three years in august all right so let's uh turn our attention a little bit from VEDP trust me guys we will get back to it because I'm interested in finding out <laughs> more about what you guys have going on okay this is a it's just another aspect uh that you really don't think about right who right. brings these businesses yeah to Virginia whether it be inside the United States or even outside of the United States and yeah. what does Virginia have to offer businesses that would attract them here and mm-hmm. obviously it's a lot I think Virginia has done a lot of growing oh my gosh yes yeah but let's go ahead and turn our attention to uh, the guest here Brian we want to know more about you oh okay take us down your career pathway how'd wow. you get here how far I mean how much time do you have honestly <laughs> I think it was 30 minutes allotted for this yeah, I don't 30, know if that's going to be 30 minutes there you go well you know um, well you got here kind of early too so yeah, yeah. That, well, we'll add an extra 10 minutes it. there yeah. you go extra 10 minutes so a uh, little bit about my career path. So I am a uh, native Virginia. I grew up in Sanston, went to Highland Springs High School. Yeah, I, I was with it. Let's just say I was not a uh, big fan of academics. You know, luckily for me at, at Highland Springs, we, we had a, a tech center behind behind the main main high school. And I got involved in a machine shop. And my senior year, our instructor, he came out to the shop one morning and he said, I've got a couple businesses looking for apprentices. Any of you guys interested? 
And it's just, you know, it pays like five bucks an hour. And instead of coming to school, you go to work and you make money. And I'm going, yeah. He said, oh boy, <laughs> yeah. no school. I'll sign go to me, work. Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> and little did I know that it was uh, all the way in the Hanover Air Park. So it was a pretty good ride. I didn't, you know, I didn't really do the math too well thinking of what I was paying in gas was, was it going to be offset by my hourly rate? But you saw the opportunity, you took it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, it was something different. I've always been the the kind of person that as much as I like routine and structure, I get bored. I get bored really easy. And so I started working with this machine shop as a senior in high school. I graduated high school. They offered me full-time position. I was part of an apprenticeship. He signed me up for the apprenticeship program, worked there for a couple years, moved to another shop, completed my apprenticeship and show my age a little bit here but it, that was in the days when they had ads in the newspaper you look for a job right. in the newspaper <laughs> yeah. right no linkedin no yeah no indeed link, yeah none no of that snag stuff. A job. <laughs> but um you know i saw this um i saw this ad and i you know i applied for it and, and it was uh, for reynolds metals you know reynolds metals back in the day was a really big employer here yeah and, and I know, you know, some of my friends, their their dads and moms work there. And so I applied and, and got hired. And so that kind of put me on a path in, in, you know, serious manufacturing. We made equipment that made the aluminum beverage cans. Worked there for probably seven years. You know, I started out on the shop floor. I worked in uh, engineering a little bit. You know, I went back to community college and thought I wanted to be, you know, a mechanical engineer. And so I started taking drafting. So they, they said, Hey, we've got these old blueprints. We need to put them in a digital format. Would you be interested in doing that? I'm like, sure. That's cool that you uh, seeked out a uh, community college though. Cause sometimes, you know, people don't see that as an option to further their education. Yeah. You know, for me, it was, it was, um, it came out of, uh, came out of convenience because Reynolds was located really close to John Tyler. It was maybe like 10 minutes down the road. Yeah. It was just a, uh, it was just an avenue to do something different and work with that company a long time. And, and I had some great mentors along the way. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, they saw something in me and, you know, provided me with opportunities and I didn't take all of them. Some of them was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. But other ones I did. And, you know, of course, Alcoa came in and closed them down and I was offered an opportunity to move to Colorado, but you know, I'm a Virginia kid. I didn't. I didn't want to go to Colorado. And my family's here. Yeah, you like different. You don't like that different, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but <laughs> little not bit that different. much That's for a sure. A little bit too much change for you. So, uh, as luck would have it, uh, somebody that I had worked with at Reynolds was working at the semiconductor factory. Oh yeah, over yeah. in Sandston, mm-hmm. and they had a machine shop there. And you're coming home. Yeah, and so I mean, it's like ten minutes from my house. Yeah, and so um, he he asked me. Would I be interested in, in working in the semiconductor industry? And I said, well, what, what do they do? You know, what, what would you want me to do? And he said, well, we have a machine shop there. And I said, well, I, you know, I can do that. That's no problem. And so they, they actually hired me as the uh, machine shop manager. So, oh. I had, so I had like a team of five people. I worked there. I, I went there and I worked from 2001 till 2009 when the economy kind of went in the tank. I got laid off like everybody else <laughs> you know that was that was just a uh, a phenomenal experience you know working at it in that industry and um you know from there um again i i um this is kind of a funny story 
So I was unemployed for probably a couple months. Yeah. And my dad told me that he was having a conversation with the UPS driver, you know, making the delivery to their house. And, you know, they were friends. You know, they got to know one another over the years. My mother orders a lot of things, you know. Um, <laughs> sure. So uh, he says, you know, I hear they're, they're building a, um, uh, a Rolls-Royce factory down in Petersburg. I, I, I heard that. Maybe your son can look into that. I didn't know anything about it, to be honest with you. And so sure enough, I went on the good old Internet and looked around, and I saw it and applied there. And probably a month and a half later, I got a call and, um, you know, started working with uh, Rolls-Royce down in Petersburg on their new facility. And, you know, one of the things that um, drew me to the to the ad was they wanted someone that had practical shop experience. And the goal was to come in and help define the manufacturing processes, understand the types of equipment that they were going to be using. And I said, sure, you know, I can... I can do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, plus being in a management position prior yeah, I mean, at Kimonda, that helped. I mean, you had a, a wealth of, of experience by this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking, I'm probably 20 years into my career at this point. Yeah. And so, worked there and... Um, what kind of work were you doing at, uh, in, in particular at Rolls-Royce? Because when people hear Rolls-Royce, they don't necessarily yeah. think of machinists, right? Yeah, so no, they don't They work? don't think that. Well, this, so, was, this was the jet engine Yeah, it was plant. a jet engine fa- plant yeah. for sure. Um so my role there, there wasn't a factory at the time. So I was part of the startup team. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we called ourselves a development team. And at Rolls-Royce, my main goal, I, th- I think I was a, I think my title was like manufacturing technical specialist or something uh-huh. like That's what I came in as. And they wanted me to basically identify the manufacturing opportunities, uh, understand the equipment. And, you know, you're coming from England right. to Virginia. And so, <laughs> you know, things need to be translated a bit. You know, manufacturing is not the same all over the world. There's a different lingo, right? And so they asked me to, to really help set up the, um, the manufacturing process. And, oh, by the way, we're going to ask you to probably do a lot of other things, too. But this is going to be your main gig. And so I worked... Uh, Worked on, you know, helping start up the new factory and identify the equipment because it's it's machining, right? Yeah, right. Air, yeah. Aircraft components, it's it's all machine. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. There's usually some level of machining that goes on. Right. right. Even the cameras that I use every day, we're talking about what I'm recording on with and the computer parts. All those, I'm sure, had some something to do with machining. That's sure. Important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it. it it touches a lot of industries that people don't realize. Right. I, I never, I never realized it when somebody says, "Hey, you want to take machine shop?" I was like, "Sure, okay." I'm, I'm thinking I'm making parts for my car or something. <laughs> you know? um, but uh, out of that, they, you know, we did the construction of the building. Um, we did site development, like roads and infrastructure, and you know, things that I knew absolutely nothing about. But I was there. We were a small team. And I had a willingness to learn, hey, do you want to take this project? You know, they were, okay, we're called projects. You know, you want to do yeah. this project. And, you know, I think what was important was it wasn't me solely. You know, I was part of a team. And so right. 
we would work, and if I had a question, I would ask him, but we would work together to try to solve these problems. I worked there, and, and that's really what I started getting into what we called workforce development. And because of my machining background, the executive vice president with Rolls-Royce, he said, you know, we're getting this grant money from VEDP to help um, build out the John Tyler Community College program. He says, our HR person, they don't know machining. They don't know manufacturing. He says, you've lived it. You've right. been there. Who better to, to do it than yeah, someone who's lived it? He says, you think you can, you think you can help her out. I'll do my best. And so I went from sitting in on a couple meetings with HR to managing the grant funding and working with the community college to develop programs, certificate programs, and helping them identify um, what type of equipment to buy and, and things that, like what that. What was that shift like for you from going? Oh, wow. It's a big adjustment. To it's a big adjustment. That side of things. Yeah, you know, I was an hourly guy. I started out as an hourly guy, and I am not someone who is used to working in an office environment. And so to make that adjustment, yeah, I can it's, imagine it's a jump. tough. It's <laughs> tough. You know, uh, you just do the best. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded by really great people. I worked worked on that project for five years and started um, really starting to, started to learn that my passion was helping people, you know, helping them recognize opportunities and through training and, and making them aware of programs that are designed to help them. And these programs are designed in a way to be student or learner friendly. You know, a lot of times people think, oh, if you're going to go work for a Rolls Royce or you're going to go work at a semiconductor industry, you have to, you know, be at a very high level with your, yeah. with your knowledge base. Right. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is you don't. Programs are designed, good programs are designed. Right, quality programs. Quality programs are designed <laughs> to welcome students in and say, hey, look, we recognize you're just starting out. But if you get on this path and you and you follow the steps that we outline for you, you can be successful. You know, I wanted to get out of manufacturing at this point. I was like, you know, I want to, I want to do some sort of instruction if I can. Yeah, you found a, a new, a new passion at I that did, point. Yeah, I mean, I credit, I credit the EVP at Rolls Royce, the executive vice president, because he saw something in me that I didn't know was there. To be honest with you. And so fast forward, that experience led me to VEDP. Dude, and, okay. and, you know, this is a – the division that I'm in is brand new to v, VEDP. I mean, we started in 2019. So my boss came from another program. And economic development is, is a copycat world. If one state is doing something, Somebody other else. states will follow. Eventually, yeah. To remain competitive, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I had applied at VDP a couple times before. And when I was working with Rolls-Royce, we had a VDP rep in our office. You see people every day, you talk to them. And, and so he asked me, you know, what did, what did I want to do? Did I always want to stay here? And kind of gotten to the point where I was like, you know, this, this economic development or workforce development thing, this is pretty cool. You know, yeah. making, making things is cool too, but right. I, I really – didn't know how much I would enjoy that because you're you're providing people with an opportunity. And you know that's an important theme that we talk about a lot on the show, right, Mike? Uh, just going through and exploring different 
options out there. Yeah. Taking chances. Take a chance saying yes to opportunities. And you might say, hey, I really love this spot or no, I don't want to be here <laughs> or I really like this spot. And then you, you get another opportunity and say, you know what, maybe this would be a better fit for me. Right. Because in, in this particular session, you took a huge chance because you're you're getting out. You said you were thinking to yourself, you know, I want to get out of manufacturing. But that is a huge leap from what you've been doing for plus 20 years. Yeah. And to go into a service related where you're dealing with people and dealing mm-hmm. with companies and, and wanting to go in that direction. I mean, that's a huge shift. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's just it's it, it, for all most people. It's, it's like you know, I'd rather stick with what I'm doing. You know, oh, it's, yeah, it's, that's, that's it's definitely scary. Yeah. It's yeah. very scary. There's a comfort level that you develop when right. you're yeah, when you're absolutely. in your. It's what you know. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I think for me, being able to have some sort of anchor in manufacturing Mm -hmm. has been super helpful for me because my clients, and part of the reason that I was hired at VDP was because of my manufacturing background. Right. So I'm still around it, even though I'm not in it. Right. But still, having that that knowledge, you're going to be able to make connections with these companies because you can talk at their level versus just being – I don't know. That's not the right. I was going to say bureaucrat. It's not the right word. That's <laughs> not the right word. But you're just a, you're later. just an individual yeah. who did not come from that world. And that's somebody you're in that world. You have that background. You you can when you're talking with them, you're talking honestly with them about knowing their processes and what it is to, to do their yeah. their work and having that connection. There's a lot of people that that they get jobs that way. They're talking with somebody and they go, Oh my gosh, you know, there was somebody we talked to recently that said that. That they were talking to a business owner and he got hired because they both had done the same thing back in the past. Both, was some, it Chad Blaylock? Maybe we talked to Chad. It might have been. Mm-hmm. It might have been. I had to go back and do my own archives to try to find <laughs> that one. You know, the, the, he just made this connection with this business owner and, and he ended up getting a job out of it because he goes, oh my gosh, we both did that. And, and so he could talk, they could talk to each other. Just made, that was that one thing that made that connection. And with you, I'm sure that's what's you run into a lot when you're dealing with the business owners and the, or the people that are put in charge to to look at these prospects of going to which state should we go and which you compared to maybe somebody else at another state and another their department they might not end up with that person who right. can make that connection right you know otherwise they're going oh yeah it's perfect it's perfect it's perfect why because uh, it is it's virginia you know? <laughs> <laughs> i mean and yeah. you see it from uh the you can say why yeah, yeah you see it from that thousand foot view because you've actually uh, walked walked in in those shoes. Yeah, I mean that's and you know to to my manager's credit or you know senior vice president uh, of our division, he he recognized that. So when I applied, he was like, you know what, you will resonate with clients. See where CTE leads. <laughs> companies <Yeah. laughs> companies will come in, and you 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 can talk the lingo yeah. and you know mm-hmm. you know what their new employees are going to face because you've been there. Right. Like, sure. You know it's one thing I can say. Even now, I mean, I've been doing this manuf- this job, been in the career world for 30-some years. I always remember where I came from. And, you know, what's unique about the training side of things is you have to be able to put yourself on the other side of the table and come at it from a learner's perspective. Right. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, when you can do that, that's when you can be really impactful. Well, let's bring it back to Sandston uh, talking about going home. How has you learned NCTE in Machine Shop helped you out in the long run throughout all of this? I just focus in on that, how yeah. that has helped you throughout well, your career. Y- you know, I think um, 
you know, you guys were talking about you didn't you didn't fully appreciate what you know the economic side of things. There's so many things going on in the background. Yeah, machine shop people don't fully appreciate how many things that they use every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. has 100%. some connection mm-hmm. to a machine shop. Larger manufacturing companies where it's all automated. Those tools break are made and yep. repaired in a machine shop yeah. by a machinist or a tool and die maker. It's at some point in the process. And so for me, you know, uh, you asked me how um, how has it helped me? Yeah, how has your CTE education helped you in the long Yeah, you know, I, I think not just machine shop, but CTE in general, it gave me critical thinking and problem-solving skills because it's hands-on. If you're if you're in an academic, purely academic environment where everything is conceptualized, it's sometimes it's hard to see. And I'm a visual learner. You know, when I'm in a CTE program and I have project to build, be it machine shop or auto, you know, auto mechanics or HVAC, you're using your hands to put something together or troubleshoot something, and you'll see if it works or not. And if it doesn't, guess what? You got to figure out what's going on. Yeah, go back to the drawing board. So those those critical thinking skills that I developed in CTE, and really just understanding problems are going to come up. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah, was I mean, some simple. of the simplest things that you do in in a shop environment. So, no. so would you say uh, critical thinking is the most important skill you are you learn? Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, education? I think. I think critical thinking, and you know, having the ability to learn visually. Okay. Benefits probably the the majority of folks that come through a CTE program. That would that would be my my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with that, Mike. And you know, I think that's one of the, the uh, best arguments for anybody taking any CTE course, whether you're going to go into the industry that you're practicing in or the courses in. Mm-hmm. Um, it does just increase those critical thinking skills because of the hands-on experience, because of the problem-solving aspect. Yeah, one of the the larger the soft skills that you're you're learning. You know, th- that's one thing that I think that a lot of people don't think about when they think about career and technical education is the, the soft skills that the students are learning that right. they can, it doesn't matter what they're learning or which class they're taking right now. Those skills are transferable to anything they do in the future. Uh, I was talking to just yesterday, I was out at uh, our Ridge project, uh, Regency, I keep saying Ridge, Regency <laughs> project where we're building classrooms. And For the adult education program. Yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. And one of the electricity students was there and I was, talking to him and I was asking him what they were going to do and this this student is going to go work for this electrician this student's going to this electrician he goes oh I'm going to Duke and I said really I said what would you say that you've learned in this class is going to help you most when you go to college and he started talking about all the soft skills yeah and it was just like yes that was just awesome soft skills are important and even when if you go back and listen to the career rodeo episode oh yeah a lot of what the employers there were looking for were soft skills they're like oh we'll teach you the rest you know we'll teach you the rest every single one you interviewed was the same it was amazing (laughs) i'm sitting to listen to it and i was like oh my gosh this is a such a great you know promotion of the soft skills so why why are soft skills so important coming from from the talent and training perspective well you know it's being able to work in a team environment, coming to work every day. Yeah. You know, understanding <laughs> you gotta be there what to perform. you do impacts everyone, the business at large, really. Yep. And uh, the other thing about CTE and, and soft skills, if you think about 
the nature of how the classes are structured or used to be structured, and maybe they still are. You guys correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's it's usually set up to be a collaborative environment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it so, has to be in most cases. You know, th- those skills that you develop are essential when you get out in the workforce yeah. because there's going to be times where you're going to work as an individual, but you're going to mm-hmm. work as a part, part of a larger team. Yep. And so... You know, those soft skills that I hear all the time from employers is, you know, somebody that needs to understand how important it is to be here every day. Be reliable. Self-starter. Yeah. You know, take some risks. Yeah. Be willing to to ask questions. That's a big deal. Yeah. there's, There's hundreds of stories that I hear about clients telling me, if you don't know something, we're fine with that. Just don't pretend like you do and end up making, you know, yeah. making a costly mistake or end up hurting yourself or someone else. Yeah. You know, so a little thing like raising your hand and saying, I don't understand or I need a little more instruction on this. Yeah. You know, I, I think people mis- mistake, uh, I guess, going along to get along sometimes as perceived intelligence when the most intelligent thing you can do is ask the question. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And I'll be the first to admit when I don't know something. Yeah, you got to. You, you know? have to. That's how, and that is how we learn. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So why, uh, why is CT important to uh, VEDP? I think it. I think it speaks to, speaks to manufacturers directly. Four-year schools are great. Engineering programs are great. They have they have their place too in economic development. But CTE nowadays, with the amount of automation that's in manufacturing, yeah. The strongest clients that we bring in are manufacturers. I mean, they they have the biggest economic impact to the state, not only from a um, a hiring perspective or, or, or tax revenue perspective, but they a lot of times they serve as a multiplier because other industries will come in and build support up around them. them. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So CTE programs support that through your electricians, through uh, things like mechatronics, uh, machining, even say your your skilled trades like carpentry or bricklaying, somebody's got to build those buildings. Yep. And so, you know, having a strong CTE program benefits VEDP because, you know, obviously it allows us to make the case for Virginia much stronger. Wow. And, you know, CTE at the high school level feeds the college level. Yes. And what I think gets lost in translation a lot of times with students and parents is the CTE at the high school level allows them to get a job and then maybe take a pause, get some experience, and then transfer into a, a four-year school. Yeah. I think and I, th- I think that's an important missing step that's there yeah. sometimes, especially for students who – and we see it all the time, Mike, when we deal and talk with students. They're just like, I, I don't know what I want to do yet. Yeah. So but, but, it gives you that time to try things out. Yeah. yeah, but it, it seems like, you know, the student has, doesn't have an idea on what he wants to do, but the parents seem to yeah. know what they think their student should be doing. And, yeah. and that's not – that can be good, but it can also be bad because you're pushing somebody into a direction yeah. they may not end up wanting to be. Yeah. So you've got – got to get some experience yeah. in a lot of cases. 
I mean, how many students go into college without having a clue on what they're going to their end game's going to be? Right. And you don't want to make the decision once you're there because you know when that decision comes, you might have already blown two to three years worth of money yeah. on on college just to go. Well, I got to start all over again because you know, okay, <laughs> yeah, I got the basics out of the way, but yeah. now I got to start doing the hard stuff because now I finally figured out what I want to do. Yeah, and that's the state that we don't want any of our students to end up in. Yeah, I always right. want to, with the end in mind, if you if you what you want to do requires college, go ahead and take that route. Yeah. yeah. But there are plenty of viable routes that right. don't but require the, it as well. But those know what they're going to do. Exactly. When they what they want to do requires college. They knew yeah. that going in. But the ones that come out of college and still don't know what, you know, well, you know, I took this and I did this. I still don't know what I want to do. Yeah. They just blew four years. Yeah. And you cannot, I, I just, you it just seems like that's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. Yep. You're now in your 20s, and you're like, and you're still going. Am I going to have to go back to college? <laughs> you know, are the and then what am I going to do then? Right. You know, it's, you need to get some experience, and I think CTE is a way to do that before they even get to that absolutely, point. Absolutely, absolutely. So we yeah. can get ahead of that problem yes. and hopefully uh, alleviate some of those issues for a lot of students. Yeah, <laughs> before they uh, the time make those and the money decisions. aspect that is lost on that is yeah. It's sometimes it's it's not recoverable. We talked a lot about uh, industry. Uh, here, but what are some key industries in Virginia um, that might be looking to hire some of the students coming out of career and technical education? Whoa, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think um, in the Richmond area, there are um, there's a lot of industrial maintenance and electrical trades. Um, you know, companies that uh, look for, look for talent that, that that I feel like. Someone coming out of a CTE program probably fits nicely in, into that entry level. Um, I think um, you know, there's surprisingly amount of manufacturers in, in Virginia that people may not know about. Um, if you think about the western part of the state, there is uh, companies like Nestle. Yeah. And I think Coors Brewing is out there. Of course, here in you know Richmond, you know you have Altria and DuPont and. So, um, you know, those are some of the biggies, but I mean, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of smaller industries that, uh, you know, require things like mechatronics or somebody that, you know, one of the things I think people get hung up on is the subject matter. And I think what CTE does, you know, and, and, you know, I like to focus on the, on the, the T, you know, the technology standpoint, manufacturing in general is very technologically advanced. It really is. People people just don't appreciate how much technology goes into a manufacturing room. And it's evolving days. every day because sure. people are always looking for different ways to get things done faster and yeah. more efficiently. Yeah. So I, I think um you know there's there's a if you go obviously uh if you any type of manufacturing uh you know there is going to be a CTE need. And I think you know someone coming out of a CTE program or considering a CTE program, if they look at where they want to live, okay, and let's, let's just use Henrico County as an example. If if they look at, okay, when I when I finish school, I'm planning on living in in Highland Springs or Sandston or you know yeah in, you know West End or whatever. Um, you know, if they look at the industries that are in that area. And just do a quick search, you know, of the job descriptions for different companies. I guarantee you, they will they will see an easy connection between the requirements for those roles and the CTE programs that are being offered. Yeah, uh, you, you know, it's just 
and CTEs in general, I think, do a wonderful job of aligning their programs with what employers need yeah, we in try, the region. We try to stay relevant. That's yeah, you have Mac, to. Mac does, our director, Mac, yeah. does a, a good job of ensuring that we stay relevant and teaching the proper skills to these For kids. Sure. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, what would you say that um, when when we're talking to the students and sometimes when we're talking to the parents about our programs, what do you think has created the the stigma with a career in technical education that it, where a lot of parents get turned off and in, in some cases even students? Yeah. What, what do you think caused that? And what do you think it could be – what hasn't been done up to this point to try and – to overcome that stigma. Well, I'll share. I'll share a little bit about my experience um, from, you know, the '80s, if you will. <laughs> um, Those are my experiences too. <laughs> yeah. So um, I wasn't there doing. Rashawn that time. wasn't here. He missed it. I, I arrived. <laughs> in, I arrived in '92. Okay. <laughs> um, I think, um, you know, speaking speaking from my experience, uh, Richmond, the Richmond area had a very strong manufacturing base. Okay. When I was coming up, you know, it was, what do you want to do? And college was not, not everybody was going to college. Right. You know, a lot of people coming out of school, they, they, they didn't do any type of trade or they didn't go to college. It was just, you know, back in those days, it's kind of what you did. Uh, some folks did. But Richmond had a very strong manufacturing base. And I can be, I, I can tell you that, you know, my dad worked at Philip Morris and, we, you know, he he was a he was a hands-on mechanical guy, and so we always did things. Uh, you know, after school, we had to fi- we, we, uh, we did it out of necessity because we didn't have a whole lot of money, so we had to fix what we had. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, Richmond had a very strong manufacturing base, and then that started to change in the '90s, and I think banking came in. And so yeah. manufacturing kind of got a black eye because a lot of these folks that are, are were parents or are parents, they remember, you know, how manufacturing went away and the struggles that maybe their families experienced. Oh, that's interesting perspective that we yeah. haven't quite heard on the show before. Well, we lost Reynolds, you know, and, yeah. and a lot of other companies. Yeah. You know, we still have the DuPont. Yeah. You know, and, and the, some of the some of those businesses still exist, Philip Morris, but you don't hear about that, right. that like right. you used to. Yeah. You know, it used to be Philip Morris was the, the Richmond's biggest employer. That's not it's true yeah. anymore. I think it's Amazon now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably it, was cap- it was Capital One first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Capital One. And, yeah. and then it was that was technology. That yeah. was college. Yeah. Considered to be college. And and now it's Amazon. Yeah. So I, I you know I think it, manufacturing got a black eye and people you know because of the hardships when a lot of that stuff went went away and so people just automatically said you need to get a four year degree uh, manufacturing is not for you and of course back in those days it was not very glamorous mm-hmm. it, it was dirty work mm-hmm. um, I think fast forward to. 2022 and beyond i think how do you get people interested in cte you have to you have to break some of those yeah perceptions that are still around today uh, that it's dirty work companies aren't going to be around um you're not going to make a decent wage you're not going to make a decent wage doing i can tell you 
all of those things are just simply not true. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, as a guy that came up and worked in dark, dingy shops to tour some of the manufacturing facilities of today, it's mind-boggling. Some of them look like Star Wars sets. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm walking around going, man, I wish they had this one. I was like, awesome, you know? Yeah, because when you talk about rentals, I worked. you were at the cam plant. Mm-hmm. I was in the extrusion plant. I just did the – Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. my dad was in the extrusion plant. I did the, – I got my well, – I almost worked so many almost, jobs, I'm telling you. I didn't even know you did I'm that. I'm making some of them up. No, I'm just okay. no. At this part, I'm starting to think that. <laughs> but go ahead. You know, I now, I'm going to be honest. I only – barely missed finishing my apprenticeship at the no my probationary period at, at Reynolds because okay. I uh separated my shoulder and yeah that was the end of that career mm-hmm. so um but you know I, I worked in a lot I worked in an envelope manufacturing company that was behind the diamond I worked at a, uh, a company that did weather brush weather strip brush extrusion over at the Chesterfield airport I mean I worked a lot of manufacturing a fair amount of manufacturing jobs out there yeah you know and it, it's and Back then, I couldn't imagine that I would be where I am now, you know. Mm-hmm. And but me, I I career hopped so much. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So and Rashawn's looking we at me do, like, we, Nah, you know you lying. Yeah, we, <laughs> we could we could do a whole show on all the careers that Mike has held. Yeah, no, I forgot more of the jobs so. I've had than I remember. Yeah, <laughs> and I believe that to be true. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, the show's running on kind of long, but I want to kind of all good that. stuff though. Good stuff. <laughs> good yeah. stuff. All good stuff. So I want to. Um, I want to end with this question. So, how can CT help uh, some of the help businesses face some of the issues that are currently prevalent to VA's industry right now? So, how can help CT help alleviate some of those things, Mike? I think if you if you listen to my uh, podcast, you heard that there are shortages. Yeah. Yeah. How can CTE help alleviate some of those things? Why? why in other words, why would companies want to come to us exactly. to do that? Yeah. That's to a alleviate way those shortages. Asking, yeah, yeah. Asking that question. Yeah. Well, I think I think I touched on it. Um, just a few minutes ago, I think remaining rel- relevant with your community. I think if I think CTEs need to get engaged with the different manufacturers in that region. You know, maybe there's a I don't know. Maybe you guys are doing this. Is is there advisory committee? Oh yes, out there we and, do. You know, staying staying um, in tune with what companies are looking for. And having the flexibility to make those changes, I, I know, you know, inside academia, sometimes you, you know you can't pivot as quickly as you would like to, or as quickly as private industry does. I get that, and, you know, and there's expense involved in doing that as well. But I think, um, you know, understanding what they need, building relevant programs from the um, the learner and the parents' perspective. You know, to me, in my opinion, you just you have to you have to build out the CTE brand. I think you have to be able to promote it in a way that CTE is 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 a first choice. You're not settling. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You're not <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, for me, my guidance counselor in high school, and, and I don't know her name, and if she's if she's listening, she recognizes my name. I'm sorry for what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she promoted college. You're like, well, if you don't want to go to college, well, 
you know, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I don't know what you can do. Yeah, when in fact there's I got so the many same other thing. options. Yeah, you know, I was like well, I guess you'll go to tech. <laughs> I, I mean, I walked out of there thinking I was going to be like, uh, you know, pump gas for a living. <laughs> yeah, you know, when I'm what is a sophomore in high school, when they start having those conversations. Yep. With yeah, me. that's exactly what. Um, well, even earlier now, they started talking yeah. careers in middle school now. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but CTE needs to be celebrated. It ne- it needs to be, you know, it needs to be uh, marketed in a way that these students matter. They're not here because they can't do anything else. They're here because they want to be. Yeah, and there's a there's a, listen. There is a lot of talent and intelligence that goes on in a CTE program. You you don't you don't participate in a CTE program because you can't go to college, you know me right I, me I went because it's not it's not that I couldn't go to college, you know I did I didn't have the intelligence to do it I just didn't want to yeah you know that was my situation I couldn't see my you know here I am at the end of twelve years of school going to more school and I want to sign up for four more yeah no, I don't want to do that I want to get out in the world and see what's going on well you know a lot of what you ran into in high school too is all your all the people you knew yeah like, oh you're going to college I'm going to Virginia Tech I'm going here I'm going yeah. there what are you going to do party yeah. you know, like, <laughs> isn't that is that what this for <laughs> yeah. yeah and I'll tell you right then those those kids don't last uh, a single no semester, maybe a and semester all those people that told me that they did not last yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but I want to thank you so much uh, Mr. Dale for coming on here right go see now and sharing your perspective with us and a lot of it resonated with me oh my pleasure <laughs> I thought, man my pleasure. i thought you dropped some jewels as they would say oh good drop some jewels good. drop some facts but uh before we go i want to remind you guys check us out on our social media facebook youtube instagram twitter and tiktok all at the handle henrico cte and check out henricocte.com learn more about our manufacturing programs uh, stem precision machining in particular is the one that I think about when I think manufacturing. They got that huge CNC machine in there, mm-hmm. cuts all kinds of metal, and they made that tricky triangle. That's the game you play at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's what people recognize it as. Yeah. Uh, it for it the makes serious board. stuff, too. <laughs> it, it makes serious stuff as well. Yeah. But, uh, yes, go to HenricoCTE.com to check out all the information on those courses that are offered at the middle school, high school level, and at both of our ACE centers. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. You can find the podcast at all of your major podcast venues and most of your minor ones. Uh, like and subscribe. And don't forget, uh, signing day is coming up. Signing day is Don't want to miss up. signing day. Signing day is coming up. Stay tuned for that. We'll have Brian was sitting there talking about promoting uh, our students and our programs. Signing day is our crowning jewel at the end of the year, every year. Yep, we act like we treat them like, like celebrities. Uh, like they're getting signed and they're going to a, a, a major sports program. That's where the idea of signing day came from, except for we're celebrating their move to the workforce. All right, guys, that's it for us here today. For Mike Roberts, for Brian Dale, I'm Rashawn Garnett. This has been Henrico CT Now. Until next time, so long, everyone.